welcome to episode 59 of Friends in Film, a podcast for about movies and theatrical releases. I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by Josh Straley. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Raid Gaten remake, Ghost of Shell's final trailer, good and bad DC director reports, and more. Oh, before we review The Great Wall, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes at Friends of Film. Josh? Welcome back to the pod, everyone. Hey, Cooper. Hey. Glad to be back here myself. Yeah, it is uh, beautiful today in Indiana. Uh, yeah, I mean, I made the joke earlier, like, we don't need the gopher to show us what's uh, when we're going to have springtime coming right. around. We've got global warming doing it for us. Yeah. So, perfect. How's your week been? Week was fantastic. Um, school's finally, like, into the swing of things, mm-hmm. and I finally got... My gift on Tuesday, Arrival, <laughs> yeah. arrived out on DVD and Blu-ray. I'd only got to see it once in theater, but it was my favorite movie of 2016. And I have my theory finally for you. Okay. What happens in this movie? So basically, I think Spo- I argued... P- spoiler alert for yes. uh, Arrival if you haven't spoiler seen it yet. Spoiler alert. Um, go see it, though. Anyway, Louise is remembering the whole event after the death of her daughter and that, but her remembering takes place chronologically and okay. that's the movie. Yeah. That's definitely not what I think. Really? No. Cause I'm still in the mindset where it's completely present tense. Yeah. Where the alien attack is the present and we're seeing flashes of the future and the past through the language and everything. Okay. Oh, wow. That's really different then. I think so. Maybe maybe I've ch- changed that. I mean, I've, I've, only, sure. still haven't, I've seen it only twice. I did buy it. I just haven't had a chance to watch it again yet, but and who knows? I would agree with you, but her narration at the beginning mm-hmm. and how they show us her daughter's life is hers, her full memory of this. Right. And then her memory of my memory of you began when they arrived. Yeah. And no, then yeah. as she dives into the language, she's like, oh man, I'm going to have a daughter. Mm-hmm. And then she realizes it at the end. And then the very end was um, her realizing that she's going to go ahead and accept the life that's laid out for her. Yeah. I just think that it takes place mainly in the alien. It, like when they're first arriving, she's exploring the ship because gotcha. that's so much of the movie. And it's really her in the, in that present tense, informing her future and getting glimpses of the future and everything. So I think that's that's why I'm going that way. But I think I mean I think they're both potentially right. They're very think, valid. Yeah. Um, Love Dennis. All yes. Right. Well, without your week though, enough about uh, me. Mine was good. Uh, I'm an uncle now. Actually, <gasps> uh, my sister gave birth uh, to little Jada yesterday. Spent a long day in hospital waiting for. Her, but uh, what a lovely name. Yeah. Uh, it's Jaden. I can't remember her or Jada. I can't remember her middle name. Emerson. Jada Emerson Aww. Johnson. Uh, so very happy to have a little niece now. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I spent the week just, you know, watching movies as usual um, based on there's some some movies I watched this week that I'll talk about when we get to specific topics of the news because okay. they relate to uh, that. But I did watch what I watched. I watched Edge of 17 again this week because I bought that as well. Uh, and still is good. J- even better awesome. i think uh obviously watched great wall which we're going to be reviewing mm-hmm. um and like last sunday i spent the day like the night watching peter jackson's king kong yeah does that hold up well uh, cgi wise yeah 
awesome. except for maybe like the, the dinosaur running part. Yeah, that gets sketchy. That yeah, because you're just like okay, like people are like the dinosaurs are flopping weird. They're getting like they're crushing people. Or it just looks weird, and they're like tum- people are tumbling on top of dinosaurs. You're like, you, like obviously they're not real because dinosaurs are extinct. Mm-hmm. But it's just like. Yeah. you guys it, it doesn't look good um, they're not jurassic park caliber yeah exactly so but yeah uh we should probably get to the actual news of the week let's do that so we're gonna start with the flyby if you don't want to listen to the flyby the rest of the news there'll be a timestamp in the description of this episode to go straight to our view of the great wall but uh you'd probably rather want to listen to the news uh hopefully you do listen to the review as well but uh yeah, the news will be better. Uh, so we're going to start with the flyby. We just give quick hits on everything. And the first bit of story we have is Joe Carnahan confirmed that he's going to be directing a reimagining of the raid starring Frank Grillo. Ooh, Frank Grillo is an excellent choice for any cop police action thriller. And that's exactly what the raid is. Um, it sort of reads like the Becklow experiment. I mean, uh-huh. uh, like... Police raid gone wrong, taking place all in an apartment building, and I'd definitely be down to see this. Yeah, I've not. I was gonna get around to watching the raid and the raid redemption while I was waiting at the hospital, but I just didn't. I was playing games and trying to pass the time quicker, mm-hmm. and uh, so I have not actually seen the raid or raid two. I've been waiting to watch them forever, and now I'm hoping this will give me the final kick I need to do it because I do like Joe Carnahan as director. I love Frank Grillo as an actor. Uh, and I think this is just a good avenue for both of them to kind of showcase their skills. Perfect. Um, but another interesting thing we got about the Marvel Universe potentially would be Ted Melfi, the director of Hidden Figures, the Oscar-nominated film, wanting to uh, or potentially helming a Marvel MCU movie in the future because, as he told the Four Quadrant podcast, he was up for contention for Spider-Man Homecoming He obviously got passed up for John Watts, but he said that he is still discussing possibilities to work together in the future with Marvel. Ooh, well, I haven't seen Hidden Figures, but do you think it fits the bill? People love it. Yeah, I actually saw it this week. Uh, And it's, it's really, it's really good. It's just like, it's weird because it's kind of like a heartfelt movie, but at the same time, it's about like oppression and racism and everything. And, Mm. uh, so, but it's, so it's not, but, but like, yeah, Janae Monet and, um, Octavia Spencer and uh, Taraji P. Henson, just like they're all just great. Mm-hmm. So like the cast is just phenomenal, and the story like you just love following each of them. Yeah. So I think it makes me more excited. He said he wants to do something that you know showcases a minority or something. So who knows where that could go? Maybe you know in a couple of years he could do a Miles Morales Spider-Man movie or something. So. Uh, I I I think it'd be a great get for the MCU if it gets Ted Melfi. Fantastic. But uh, moving to Star Wars briefly, we spent a lot of time a couple weeks ago discussing what the Last Jedi meant, who the Last Jedi could be, and uh, thanks to the foreign translations of the Last Jedi titles, we know that Jedi is in the plural form of the title. So what is what do you think this means? Does it change anything for you? Well, the Jedi has always been plural. Yeah. I think I pointed that out in my review. But yeah, in Spanish, you have to um, you know have a emphasis on the indefinite article uh-huh. or the 
Yeah, whatever the the is. Yeah. Whatever that, yeah, I forget what that point is. And that seems to almost confirm that it's plural. Mm -hmm. So Luke may not be the last of the Jedi. No, I mean, he's he's not, obviously, right. because if it's, it, I think the Spanish translation is Los Ultimos Jedi, which Los is the male or all right, translation plural. for, you know, the. So obviously, I think that includes Luke. And I also think that includes Ray. It totally. doesn't just include Ray because then it could have been La Ultima Jedi or Los Ultimos Jedi. If there's multiple female Jedi, that's what it's hinting at. So I think it does mean that it's, there's dual takes on it where it's, you know, it can apply to Ray and Luke, but it also can apply to just the Jedi Order as a whole. Totally. Yep, I agree. Uh, Logan, meanwhile, has uh, the embargo lifted this week. It's getting really good reviews, uh, which I'm loving. But after all this came out, Fox has updated the runtime for the movie for an extra three to five minutes, leading some to speculate that a post-credit scene has been attached that nobody knows about. Oh, that's definitely what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, f far from me to guess because Logan's taking place way outside of the X-Men universe. Mm -hmm. Not that that matters, but uh, maybe, and I hope I really hope it's a setup for a next 23 standalone movie because she's looking awesome in those trailers. Yeah, maybe I mean... James Mangold came out this week and he said, he's like, I'd be interested in doing an X-23 movie. Exactly. Which... I mean, now that this comes out, I feel like it is definitely going to be... I don't know how Logan ends. Obviously, I haven't seen the movie, and I don't want to know how it ends until I see the movie, but I feel like X-23 is going to be such a breakout character that you have to do something more with her, but you can't... I also feel like you can't leave her in that timeline alone because as the lone mutant potentially left, like, mm -hmm. what is she going to do? Uh, so... Yeah, it could get pretty I, cool. <laughs> I think it would be very inter interesting if... Cable shows up and maybe pulls her back in time. Okay, I'm not about that, but we'll see. Yeah, we will have to wait and see. Uh, but only a couple more weeks now, so it's almost here. So excited. But sticking with X-Men for a little bit, uh, Sophie Turner confirmed to Hey You Guys that she'll be filming the next X-Men film this summer. So obviously it's not a surprise Sophie Turner's will be back as Jean Grey, but which film do you think she is re referring to? Uh, I have no idea. I, you got to think, though, it's the New Mutants. We've not heard a single thing about the rest of the X-Men cast. Mm -hmm. uh, but we know Anna Taylor-Joy and Maisie Williams are highly interested yeah. in the New Mutants category. So I think that's what this is about. Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, a lot of you know outlets and people are like, oh, this means that X-Men Supernova, the reported title yeah. for the, for the seventh X-Men movie, that's been like secretly been in development and like starting like in pre-production everything that they're taking it as that means oh the next x-men film in the main like timeline and like the main arc starts filming this summer but yeah i agree with you i think it'd be it would not be surprising if she was part of the new mutants and she was maybe you know a her and like because alexandra's ship i believe was at one point uh rumored to be in here uh as storm so i wouldn't be surprised if it is both of them kind of being the leaders of the mutants and being in charge of Iron Taylor Joy, Maisie Williams, Nat Wolf, and whoever else is kind of maybe brought into that fold. Yeah, I so agree. Uh, and speaking of Maisie Williams, Josh Boone basically confirmed her for the movie by releasing concept art of her as Wolfsbane. So and it, it is super it looks like sweet. it's it's finally real. Yeah, I mean you saw it, right? Yeah, it's, like, it's how, cool. Yeah, it's so she's cool. like she's like breaking through a window or something. I'm, I mean. 
I don't know Maisie Williams. I haven't seen her in anything. Oh, you got to um, get the Game of Thrones. Soon. I know. It's just like, it's it's so daunting of a task. It's like, mm-hmm. it's so long. You're I don't seven have... seasons off. Right. So it's like, how long is it going to run? Do I jump right. in now and then watch the last two seasons or something? Like, going live or do I just wait for the whole thing yeah. at once? You'll be so enarmored with her. Um, but this will be in. If you see this movie beforehand, you'll definitely, it'll definitely drive you to the show. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's cool. And we also got word from that hashtag show that Kerry Washington is reportedly testing for the role of Domino in Deadpool 2. I haven't seen Scandal, like not a single uh-huh. episode, but she's great in Django Unchained. Yep. For as limited screen time as we have. But that would be, I think she could do it. That would uh-huh. be phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, they'd obviously be race swapping the character, which I think is something that is continuing to be pushed in Hollywood that just because a character is maybe white in the comics, you don't have to keep them. Obviously, if you do it the other way, there's a lot of uproar about that. Um, rightfully so. But yeah, I think Carrie Washington, like she'd be a, like a pretty high profile addition to Deadpool too. I, it kind of changes my perception of, you know, who Domino would be. Cause I don't really think of Carrie Washington as like an action star, but yeah, um, I think it'd be, it would be very interesting uh, addition to the cast. I totally agree. And it almost would change the direction of the movie a bit too. I mean, well, I, I also don't see her. I haven't seen her in a role where mm-hmm. she's been sarcastic and witty right. and things like that. So that could be a chance for her to kind of change, change around her image. Too. Yeah. That'd and she cool. could be in like a good, superhero movie instead of fantastic four oh, uh, yeah. but moving on to some trailers real quick we got our first trailer for the house starring amy poehler and will ferrell this week uh about them being parents who've somehow mishandled all of their money so they can't afford college tuition for their daughter so they start running an underground casino get into a lot of different uh you know, scenarios and trouble and everything. And I think it looks pretty funny. Yeah, it looks, I was, it was so delightful. Uh, there's all, I mean, it's Amy Poehler and Will Ferrell. And I can't believe, have they been in a movie together before? Because I don't, I mean, maybe in like small roles. Like, yeah. Like, Cause like Amy Poehler was in, um, Oh, she, she showed she up had, for a little bit. Anchorman, right? Anchorman too. Yeah. With Tina Fey. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like, I don't think they've ever been like leading roles together. No. Uh, and I just, they're, they look like they have a ton of chemistry. Right. This movie looks absolutely hilarious. Yeah. I <laughs> think like the ending, well, the four, like when they're talking to the bank, they're like, yes. what do you mean we don't have any money? We have, it says right here, we have $401,000. Right there it is. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that's a 401k. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, yes. it, it is like, it's funny. Uh, but like, like the ending of the trailer was by far the best part for me when like they accidentally cut off some dude's like fingers and the wolf was like i'm gonna throw up like i can't handle this yes. like <laughs> and like as long as they kind of play that up i think will ferrell and Paul are obviously both hilarious separately together could be even better yeah because there's also jason uh manzoukas in there yes he he and he's showing up like everywhere to play like the <laughs> the guy that leads you astray or yeah. with the master plan because him and amy puller uh we're together in Parks and Rec. He, he plays Jason Feinstein, not Jason Feinstein, Dennis Feinstein, the set guy who like has oh. the awful cologne. I don't remember Tom that. Is so like you know beholden to. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know. This all this is all great. Yes, uh, I am so down for this movie. Yeah, uh, and we also got our final trailer. What's supposed to be, I think, our final trailer uh, for the Power Rangers movie this week. It was very short, but it did still feature uh, quite a bit of new footage. There's a couple new jokes, um, some new action shots of like Goldar being created by Rita Repulsa played by Elizabeth, uh, banks. But I think this is I th- actually, I like this trailer quite a bit. Um, 
I think RJ Siler continues to just be like the standout for me when he's like, so we're like superheroes. Like, are we Iron Man or Spider-Man? Oh, yes. And then like, yes. I was like, he continues just like the way he like, he looks like he is, you know, the comedy guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that looks, that's going to be a, a really nice role for him and kind of push him onto the scene more. If you want to get familiar with him, go see uh, me Earl and the dying girl. He plays Earl and uh, really sad movie, but he's really good in it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It looked great. It was a, it kind of felt like a TV spot. Yeah. So, but so it packed in like everything you need to see, like exposition, uh, them being Power Rangers, the Zords, which I'm not sold on yet. Yeah. They look, I mean, they still kind of look half baked to me. Uh-huh. But then again, I couldn't design one. Uh, <laughs> right. But Alpha Five, yeah. he had he had one one t- three and a half second little clip, but Bill Hader's voice just kind of sung to me, and I was like, all right, I was hard on you in the beginning. But I could definitely be down for a whole movie of this guy. Yeah, and he was like, he was like huge when he like punched. Uh, is it the Pink Ranger right? Yeah, like he was like almost like double her size. So I don't know if that was a hologram version of Alpha Five mm-hmm. or if he would somehow he can shape shift and become bigger. Like I don't know how yeah. they're gonna do that, but I was like that was weird. It could lead but to it, some it good was moments. Funny. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And, it felt a little bit more teen centric yeah. too. It kind of divorced itself from the Brian Cranston, the dark Knight style uh-huh. power Rangers, which I like. I see. Yeah. I think it, it looks more, it looks more fun, less chronicle, even though I liked the chronicle style approach that they were kind of laying down in the first trailer. But I think power Rangers at its heart is campy. You kind of, you have to embrace it. Yep. And I think it looks like they're doing that now. They even have like the, the go, 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 like mm-hmm. Power Rangers go like going in the background at the very end of the trailer. So yep. uh, I think it, I think it was very it's just it, I think as, mo- as long as this movie is fun, a lot of people will be happy with it. Yeah, same here. Um, but we also got our final trailer this week for Ghost in the Shell, uh, the Scott Johansson led movie based on the anime, based on the uh, original movie from 1995, 1996. Uh, which I actually watched this week uh, and is very interesting. Uh, there are definitely like a lot of moments watching where it's like, oh, that's from the trailer. That's from the trailer. Yeah. That's from the trailer. Um, so like, I think it's interesting to see how they're kind of picking stuff directly out of the manga. Uh, and I like, I even know like the opening, I think of the Ghost in the Shell movie is going to be directly lifted from the original anime movie as well. So I think... This trailer was really interesting. I thought it was really cool. There are some cool new moments showing off uh, the Major's suit. And we got a little bit more of the plot where we got to see our first look at the villain. Who I thought, like in the in the original movie, it's the Puppet Master. I thought it was going to be the same thing almost. But apparently it's somebody different from like a spin-off Ghost and Shell movie or something. So I'm interested to learn more about that. Um, and I think as long as they, the, as long as they continue to play with the... Uh, you know, am I real? Who was I before type dynamics? I think that's going to be really interesting and kind of give us a good story where I thought the original movie kind of lacked a little bit where it was, it, it wasn't as great of a story okay. that I was hoping for. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is as I watch this, this new trailer, um, I remember, I do remember wondering, is this going to be a detective movie? the futuristic detective movie cop movie mm-hmm. or is this going to be a mystery with a unreliable can i trust the narrator you know type approach like is she re or is she like you know sane or is she insane 
have they like messed with her head or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's what I was wondering. I think it's, I think it's both. Yeah. Like even like reading stuff from like Scarlett Johansson, like in her comments about the movie, it seems like the first half of the movie is going to be more of that like cop detective movie mm-hmm. where she's trying to find stuff out and trying to hunt somebody down. And then, you know, she kind of starts to unravel this larger story that she's attached to. And then she's like, who was I? Yeah. Who am I? And I think that could be really interesting. I really hope that's really well done because this world looks insanely awesome. Yeah. I mean, from all of the elements. So I just hope that whatever the plot is, doesn't keep me too, doesn't dissuade me right. from enjoying it. Yeah. But moving away from trailers, we got some updates on the future live action uh, adaptations that Disney's going to do from their classic animation movies. And some pretty big news dropped for The Lion King, the Jon Favreau live-action version. He announced this week that Donald Glover has joined the cast as Simba. He's going to be voicing the role. They didn't really specify he's going to do motion capture or not, but I doubt that's the case. Um, and then he like shortly after announced that James Earl Jones is back Ooh. to voice Mufasa. Yes, 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 yes. I had like one or two wishes for this movie, and I think this was one of them. Mm-hmm. Give me James Earl Jones back as Mufasa. But this Donald Glover thing, out of left field, right. but it's absolutely perfect. I couldn't have, I mean, I could have fan casted this, but it wasn't even in my head. Mm-hmm. But this is just so perfect. I mean, it probably means Atlanta season three or season two or three is never going to show up. But It'll happen. I mean, if he's just, this doing, is awesome. if he's just doing voice, like, yeah. That, like that can be done rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, really? Like, of course. Like yeah. now he's like, he has a cameo in Spider-Man Homecoming or some sort of role. It's not really known how large he's, you know, young Lando. And now he has infiltrated the live action Disney stuff as well. Like, yes, Don Glover just continues to infuse himself with Disney. And I love it because mm-hmm. Disney continues to make really good movies just as a company as a whole. So yeah, uh, it was really funny. Cause like right after like, we found out about this. You text me. You're like, Donald Glover. Like, it's gonna be like the best movie of 2018. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it might not even be best. It might not even be I, Donald Glover's best movie because he's in Han Solo. Yeah. It's the same year. I totally. I lost sight of that for that moment because like I was excited for this, and now I'm just so much more excited for it. I mean, Glover has been. I, I've been about everything Donald Glover has almost ever done, mm-hmm. from 30 Rock to Community to uh, his pickup of Atlanta and then like Childish Gambo. I, I'm all, I, that, oh, stuff, yeah. that stuff's phenomenal. And now this. So, and like, yeah, he'll be singing. He'll be like, you'll get to sing. Just can't wait to be King. Right. I hope they let him in on, you know, producing some of that music. That would be amazing. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. So that's why I think it could push some, you know, some of his production back. Yeah. But do you think, did it, was it confirmed that it's coming out in 2018? I have no idea. I okay. would assume so. Okay. But I, I, I don't remember if that was ever confirmed or not, but I don't want to wait till 2019. They, I mean, they'd have to, they'd have to start like filming that stuff really soon to have enough time to do all the VFX work and stuff. This summer, I would say. So, but I mean, yeah, if they're casting talent, then they're definitely getting really close to starting. I will. I am interested to see whether or not he'll voice Simba when he's also young, or if they'll have somebody else do that and then Donald Glover voices him once he goes through the Hakuna Matata transformation scene yeah. and everything. Oh, that would be interesting. Oh man! Oh, that's right. They get to cast 
Timon and Pumbaa soon too. Yeah. Oh, oh Steve Carell, please, Steve Carell, please, oh. Steve Carell. Well, people still want Jeremy Irons back as Scar, which I think oh, I would be yes. totally on board for. So, yes. uh, yeah, I love the Lion King. So I this do is, think that they should maybe have a kid for yeah I some mean, early parts of it. Yeah, because yeah, like can Donald sing? I mean, well, obviously he can because I mean he's childish game, you know. Yeah. So I'm interested to see. I hear him. I can't picture him singing. Hakuna Matata or, out, or like anything else. Yeah, seeing that come out of a lion that's Donald Glover's voice right. could be weird, yeah. but I think it'll be still be I awesome. I think it'll take a second. It'll, it'll be like when Bill Murray started singing yeah. uh, <laughs> Baroness Essie. I'm like, oh, okay. But don't you imagine Bill Murray doing that? I imagine Bill no. Murray sings that all the time. <laughs> we have very different interpretations of Bill Murray. That's possible. Um, but sticking with another live action or another anime movie that's getting a live action treatment is Mulan. Uh, we had reports earlier that Ang Lee was approached to direct. He obviously passed on it. And now the Hollywood Reporter has revealed that Disney has agreed with Nikki Caro to direct the movie. And she did McFarlane USA, mm-hmm. which is really good. Yeah, uh, I really like McFarlane. Yeah, Ke- Kevin Costner's in the lead role. And I can't. I wish I knew the rest of the cast. Yeah, all the young kids are great. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal, heartfelt. Um, I, if she takes even a inch of that or a pinch of it and puts it into Mulan Mm -hmm. it's gonna be good yeah but then Disney like you know Disney-fy it it's gonna be great yeah I think I I like Nikki Carr a lot she was in contention to direct Captain Marvel which I'm guessing this takes her out so I'm a little bummed at that because I thought she would have done a nice job Um, but yeah I think she is a great choice for it I am still surprised I didn't go with an Asian director because I thought this would be a good opportunity for them to, yeah, you make know, a, make us almost not a statement, but just kind of give somebody the spotlight and say, you're a talented person and we're sure. going to prove that by putting you in this position. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully there's not like a lot of controversy around it, but uh, I, Nikki Caro bottom line is a good fit for this movie. They did grab Bill Kong, who mm-hmm. the director, the producer Oh, one of the EP producers of Crouching Tiger. Okay. So that yeah, in and, I, and of itself is interesting because if even half of some Crouching Tiger-esque stuff mm-hmm. makes it into Mulan, like that would be incredibly awesome. Yeah. And they're they're doing like a a worldwide casting search. Obviously, they, this is going to be an all, or it better be an all Asian cast. We don't need a white or a great wall <laughs> type mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. thrown in there. Um, yeah. So I think all of any concerns over, well, there's not going to be Asian representation stuff um, will be f- fixed. That may not be the right word, but it'll be, that'll happen once casting gets underway and then production crews and everything else. There'll be, there'll be f- good representation. I, I believe so. Definitely. So we're going to move to DC now. Because you know, why not? <laughs> there's a t- there's there's two topics we love. It's Marvel and Star Wars. Then there's DC that exists in this netherworld of praise and hate here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're gonna start with uh, I think something you're gonna praise. I think I'm not sure. I don't I don't know how I feel about it. But All right. uh, the rap has reported that Shazam has found a director finally uh, with Lights Out director David F. Sandberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's not confirmed or officially signed on which could mean <laughs> that this is not going to happen which <laughs> obviously we will learn about in a little bit um but he's also doing annabelle 2 this summer 
Um, and I think this is an interesting choice because he has such a horror-driven background so far. Yeah. But I know you, I haven't seen Lights Out. I know you saw Lights mm-hmm. Out and really liked it. I so really liked it. Do you like this fit? Well, I, I, I you, know, you know, I don't know because Shazam is a property I have no clue about whatsoever mm-hmm. other than he would say, Shazam! Does he ever say Shazam? Yeah, that's okay. how, that's how, because it's, the main kid's Billy Batson, he says Shazam, and then he becomes, you know, a godlike figure. That's weird. Well, anyway, I don't know how that fits, mm-hmm. how that experience would play into each other, but he did, he did Lights Out phenomenally. Um, it was, it makes you afraid of the dark and yeah. I've grown up like, you know, past being afraid of the dark uh-huh. or then at least you were afraid again. <laughs> yeah. And then I was afraid again, like most of that summer, the way home in my room, I was just like, you know, I'll shut the door, you know, I'm going to put the blanket over my head and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was great. And he had a very tight narrative that was a little bit cagey, but I liked it. I don't know how that translates, Yeah, but if it's because he knows, I mean, I don't know. I, I think he could do a great job. Mm-hmm. He did. He made, he's made a great movie before. I'm looking forward to Annabelle too. Um, you don't have any experience with him. No, I don't. Uh, so this is just like, I was just like, oh, cool. Shame as a director yeah. or is in line to have a director because I was like of the mindset where Black Adam would basically push this film aside and they're going to do that movie instead. And I think if Black Adam would be almost a better fit for Sandberg because yeah. they could do more of like his origin of kind of almost being like a tortured slave and everything. And they could, he could like really get like dark and gritty and like everything like that. I feel like Sandberg would be really good at could fit well with black Adam. So, or even like doing like Lobo or something. I feel like that would be in line with his style, but at the same time, you know, I'm coming off of Dr. Strange from Scott Derrickson who was basically just a horror director before I love Dr. Strange. So if, and that was not a scary movie and there were not, not very many dark parts about it. So if Samba can do a similar type thing, maybe he can make it more, you know, terrifying about that transformational process. And yeah. as a kid's perspective, trying to understand what all, all this new power he has, I think maybe then he could be a good fit, but yeah, I was just more excited that Shazam actually is moving forward and like doing having good progress because it had just been so long since we'd heard anything like good about it. Yeah, I and mean, that's probably the biggest news right there is Shazam has a director. Period. Yeah. Or is or it probably has a director. Is period. in the process of getting a director. So another movie with DC that's in the process of getting a director is Suicide Squad 2, surprisingly enough. Not that I'm surprised that they're making Suicide Squad 2. I'm just surprised that it's happening potentially so quickly. The Hollywood Reporter broke the news this week that WB is in early discussions with Mel Gibson to direct Suicide Squad 2. (coughs) He uh, (coughs) is reportedly familiarizing himself with the material. um, And he did confirm at a QA and a this week about Hacksaw Ridge that he is talking to WB. He called it basically a first date because he has no idea who these characters are. But apparently, according to Variety's uh, Justin Kroll, if he wants it, it is his. Apparently, working with Will Smith is a big driving force by behind wanting to do this project for Mel Gibson. Um, and then after this all came out, a report uh, came out 
from Variety, I believe, that other names are being floated around as well. So it's not just Gibson alone who's being looked at. They're also looking at Daniel Espinoza, who did Safe House, and he was doing uh, Life, which comes out in a couple of weeks, uh, as well as Ruben Fleischer, who did Zombieland, and Jonathan Levine, who did Warm Bodies. They're also all in consideration right now with the potential for even more people to you know, join that list. So it looks like it's Mel Gibson's job to lose if he wants it. What do you think about that? Uh, that Of all the things to come out of left field, this has come out of left field. Uh, Mel Gibson for a superhero movie. Yeah. Now, listen, I haven't seen the man direct a movie since... Brave, not Braveheart, The Passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talked about following up with that. That's great. But this this is a whole new thing. And yeah. I'm indifferent about it because I, now I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge. Mm-hmm. And people are using that as his, you know, him his stake in the ground to kind of get back into the game full force. Um, but I'm more surprised WB and DC are looking at him for this job mm-hmm. um, more so than his interest. Yeah. I find that absolutely wild. Uh, you mentioned the other, two, other couple other names. I think those have, I think Jonathan Levine mm-hmm. uh, has some serious contention as well as Espinoza. Um, but uh, Ruben Flesher, he's, I think he does a lot of TV stuff. So I don't think he's serious about it, especially because I, and plus, allegedly he's got a Zombieland 2 script floating yeah, around but, but that's been floating knows, around yeah. since like 2008 when that movie came out 2009 yeah 2009 yeah so um yeah it, i think it could end up easily being mel gibson but i'm just kind of wowed by that i mean in the i can't believe that's a thing right yeah i uh this may have been the most surprising news to come out of dc just because and there's some news <laughs> yeah like and i i like like i love hacksaw ridge uh is my second favorite movie of the year i think it if you maybe say what's the best movie i would probably say that over you know civil war which is my favorite movie but i mean it's it's just so weird because i just don't like Last year after BVS came out, he called it a piece of crap, but yeah. he didn't say crap. He used, you know, a word that we're not going to use on the podcast. So for that, him to then turn around and want to do Suicide Squad 2 is just puzzling to me. Coming off of all the buzz he's getting from, you know, uh, Hacksaw Ridge, I feel like he could do he could do anything right now. He could get a studio to greenlight his Passion of the Christ sequel because Ooh, he's... Well, I mean, like... He has he has leverage now, kind of where he's he's getting back in like favor with studios. Obviously, I mean he's like he's attached to Daddy's Home too now. Like he's being courted for Suicide Squad too. Obviously, people want Mel Gibson's name attached to them now because he's kind of coming back into the forefront. So, but I just I can't imagine this working. No, I can't either. Because Mel Gibson, like especially with the Suicide Squad, we got. I think you have you'd have to change it to make it R to allow for Mel Gibson to have a you know a really you know just just R rated movie with lots of violence and uh, language and content and everything. I could see it maybe working at that point, but I just 
with the way it seems that WB and their executive board and everything involved revolving around the DCU is are treating directors, I cannot imagine th- them one of them not killing each other because mm-hmm. it's just like it seems yeah. like they would just butt heads from day one. And I mean, we'll get to it in a minute, but uh, it almost seems like desperation. Yeah. From WB and DC. And that's not a dig at, I guess, you know, Mel's career Mm -hmm. uh, so much, but it's just his, you know, um, the way, the direction things go or going at that studio and um, Mel's past, you know, getting blacklisted for as Mm -hmm. long as he did and how that may play a factor and now they're seeking him out. So I would, I will be super interested to see where this goes because it's that this is a very wild story yeah and i was just like i was just surprised that they're actually like they're actively pursuing directors for suicide squad 2 at this point like the flash is without a director we'll get to it next but the batman's without a director yeah. now like cyborg green lantern there's rumors that Zack snyder doesn't want to return for justice league 2 like there's a lot like any movie except for aquaman and now shazam don't have directors attached and the one you're actively pursuing the most the suicide squad suicide squad 2 a movie that made you a lot of money but was even more critically panned than bvs yeah uh it just it, it it's kind of blowing my mind so if i have to kind of accept the fact that they are going to do suicide squad 2 relatively soon i do think i actually would like ruben fleischer to do it because i watched i actually ironically enough bought zombieland on blu-ray Oh, earlier yeah. in the week because it was, I was in like a $5 bin and I've watched it again this morning and I'm just watching and thinking, okay, if you replace Woody Harrelson with Deadshot, you replace like Emma Stone with Harley Quinn, you mm-hmm. replace, you know, Jesse Eisenberg with any number of Suicide Squad members, like, and you basically put them in a confined space like they are at the very end of Zombieland, you can get, I think he'd be a really good choice. Like basically let him do zombie land, whatever his pitches for zombie land Two. let him do that. But with an expanded group of sure. zombie hunters and instead of zombies, it's like scarecrow has infected a lot of people with fear venom and they have to go stop all these like crazy people trying to kill them. Yeah. Like, Oh, totally do that. And that it would be awesome. I would love to see Ruben Fletcher with a budget. That's, yeah. that is, that's, that's absolutely something I would love, especially because I mean, Z- I mean, zombie land was so good. It is. And I can't believe in a world of reboots and sequels, yeah. nothing's happened with it yet. So I hope, I, I hope he either gets it or he gets zombie land too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. If, if we get word that Mel Gibson's actually like finalizing a deal, I don't believe for a second he's going to do it until, uh, you see the first trailer. Until like he's actually like in, in production, yeah. because I just can't see him writing a script or wanting to do like a certain directorial style with the movie and them going, yeah, yeah, we like that, because I feel like W already has their mind picked on what they want to do and he's gonna want to take that Suicide Squad and like flip it completely yeah, upside down. I mean, and, and he's almost in the mold of David Ayer, or David Ayer is almost in the mold of Mel Gibson, right? A lot of the terms of you new know, character study and mm-hmm. things like that. So it would be weird to see them, you know, after that mess, you know, say, no, actually, we need we went too far to the right. We need to actually get all the way back over beyond yeah. left 
to the furthest left possible. Yeah, so. because we weren't controversial enough in our movies. We're let's go get the like arguably the most controversial director, right? Personally, like yeah. not in terms of his quality of movies, but as a person, like let's bring him on board. That's mm-hmm. going to work out fine. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so we're going to now transfer over to Batman. Yeah, less uh, <laughs> the, the, the only thing less controversial or more controversial. Yeah, basically because uh, a rumor popped up this week, courtesy of John Campia from Collider. He was on uh, Collider Movie Talk, like he is, you know, three or four times a week, and they were talking about Matt Reeves directing the Batman. Not that he wasn't, because it looked like he was going to direct the Batman. And Campia mentioned that over the past weekend, he had talked to three sources who told him that Ben wants out. And as what that means is he wants out of playing Batman, not just not. He doesn't want to direct the Batman. He doesn't want to play Batman anymore. In that report, in this monologue that Campia said, he was like, take this with a huge grain of salt, do with it what you will, don't run this as a story, blah, 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 blah. Trying to tell people, like, this isn't real, but I believe it, so right. I'm telling you guys, really weird thing. Um, so do you think that there's merit to this, that Bat- that Ben Affleck wants out of being Batman, and do you think it could actually happen? I don't think it could actually happen because he's under contract, and I I think Warner Brothers could make could make his life difficult, uh-huh. you know, not in in a lot of ways, uh, financing wise mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, he has a lot he has a lot more to gain staying with them and having future movies run through the studio, his own projects. Yeah, um, but I I think there could be some merit to it, or at least in how Affleck's feeling because I've talked before about how I, I really do think he's just one of the most overworked or most stressed out guys in Hollywood right now. Uh, because I mean, he's coming off of divorce off of two movies back to back that have not been received critically, uh, at all. Something that he's been trying to take a lot of pride in with, you know, a lot of his prior projects. So I think, you know, finally all of that's added up, uh, and he's probably just sick of it for now. Mm-hmm. And I, I would wonder who the sources were, but I, I don't imagine it was, oh, Ben Affleck and his agent are sitting down to talk about how he can get out of the contract with least damage possible. Uh, I don't buy that so, so much as he's either being difficult for, you know, financial reasons, not difficult, but he's negotiating for financial mm-hmm. reasons or uh, something of that nature. But I think ultimately we'll end up seeing Ben Affleck as Batman at least one or two more times. In, like uh, after Justice League after or Justice League okay yeah yeah I um I mean he said his sources were people involved with Warner Brothers and Campia is not just some random YouTuber uh, I mean right. he is a guy who he's at pretty much any movie you know red carpet he's at premieres he has made the the most popular movie related show on youtube like he's built that he started the very first movie podcast like he is a well-known guy in the movie industry so i if he is people that he trusts saying you know ben wants out and he's that's coming from three people in three different departments at warner brothers who don't know each other or something i think that makes a lot of that that's i i believe that 
Um, and I'm not surprised that it's really the case, honestly, because ever since the press junket for BVS, he just looks like he he just doesn't want he's not interested anymore because he doesn't like having his movie and the thing that he put all this work into producing or starring in and everything just get just destroyed. Yeah. And then he had the same reaction with live by now. People didn't like that. And now there's the potential that, you know, who knows what's going to happen with justice league. People could hate that as well. And I think if he feels secretly and not publicly that, you know, justice league's not going to be good and we're going to get hit again. I don't want to have to, deal with that and then come back with all the pressure with just starring in a Batman movie now. Mm-hmm. So, but then again, he is under contract as far as we know. I mean, obviously he's under contract for justice league cause he already filmed it, but you know, if he had never signed a contract to direct Batman, <laughs> I mean, who knows if he actually signed a contract to star in Batman, the movie's never actually been officially announced like dated or anything with Warner Brothers they've always said we're doing a solo Batman movie we're doing the solo Batman movie but then they never said we're doing it here and now right so are like are those legal papers actually real like I think that's a legitimate question and I I think even if you know obviously they're not gonna confirm that this is the case because you have Justice League coming up and if you announce next week that Ben Affleck is out and we're going to replace him, then Justice League, any interest in Justice League just dips dramatically. Oh, yeah. It's like, what are they doing? Are you going to reshoot Justice League and you kill off Batman or something? Like, how is this going to work? So I think what is realistically going to happen is he, he, I believe his contract is signed for the Batman, but nothing else. So I think he's going to do the Batman basically against his will because Warner Brothers doesn't want to lose him and just be like, we're, we recast you, mm-hmm. but we're going to keep our universe. They'll do that. And then they'll bring in somebody else to be Nightwing or Robin or Tim Drake or whatever. Anybody, Jason Todd can come back as red hood, whatever you want to do. And they will then take up the mantle moving forward as Batman or you'll just dismiss Batman. And then you'll just have Nightwing basically being Batman without the title. Yeah, I think that's that is all highly plausible. Um, especially, you know, if Batman even shows up uh, in the theaters, because now that's like that seems even farther away than usual. Yeah. Well, I would disagree with you on that because after this whole thing came out, there were reports that you know Reeves was closing on his deal with Warner Brothers. He was going to sign a multi-picture deal. He was going to have final say in casting and all this stuff. And then the Howard reporter revealed that talks have broken down with Matt Reeves and he is, uh, as of right now, not going to direct the Batman. Oh, um, in the report, they said that talks could re-engage. We've seen this happen before. Like Michael Keaton, he was like in talks to be Vulture. Then he like talks broke down, but now he's obviously Vulture. Mm-hmm. So, but that was because of scheduling conflict and stuff. So this, on the other hand, when they said talks could re-engage once heads cool, which means to me that Reeves and WB are at, are going at each other saying Reeves probably saying, this is the Batman movie I want to make. And they're saying, okay, well we want to do this movie. So this movie you're going to make. Okay. Well, if I'm going to make that movie, 
I need to wait until this point to start filming. And then WB is coming back and saying, well, you can't, you have to start filming this now. And after that whole heads cooling segment of the report, uh, the Howard report also threw in a, lot, a quote saying, well, not quote, it was a line that said, quote, uh, or it said, WB is, quote, intent on making the movie no matter what. Yeah, that's not a good sign no. for a studio to say. And it's great for fans if you're looking for a Batman sure. movie. But if you are lo- if you want in <laughs> If you want a good Batman a movie. Quality movie. That, and the studio is saying, this is going to dredge forward or trudge forward. Yeah. No matter what, that is, that's cause for some, uh, some concern. A lot of concern. Uh, I, I'm bewildered by this, especially because I feel like Matt Reeves, uh, when you, you have him in front of you, deserves everything he wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can argue over salary, sure, but the man has not made a movie that sucked in a, quite a while. Yeah. Uh, why would you why would you at all want to be at odds with him especially when your studio has been on the wrong side of the reviews uh you know 3 out of the last 4 times um in terms of movies so uh, i'm i'm bewildered by this i hope things cool down uh and they can finally get things moving with Matt Reeves in the director's chair. But this is, this is the canary in the coal mine uh, for all of Warner brothers, at, at least right now. Um, I don't know how James Wan is working on Aquaman <laughs> unabated right now. Yeah, because, he's like, he's like, let's just go to Australia and film this. So I don't have to, Oh, my cell phone doesn't work here. I can't exactly. take your calls or your texts or emails. I, I don't know how he's getting away with all of the, all of the excitement over there. Cause you're, I'm hearing a lot of great things um, or reading. This is this is concerning, and you know how if you can't get Matt Reeves, you can't get anyone who's arguably better than him. You can only get people that are desperate to direct a hundred fifty dollar, hundred fifty million dollar movie, um, which is why I kind of mentioned Mel Gibson being somewhat of a desperation mm-hmm. pick. Um, granted, he's got the success of Hacksaw Ridge. Those kind of that's kind of why it would be a a good pickup, you know, in terms of, of viability. Yeah. Uh, but this is, I'm astounded about this. Um, I, cause I, cause I thought he would be the stabilizing force. <laughs> uh, so, wow. I, am I, no, I, I overselling oh this my too gosh. much. This is the, this is the worst. I mean, you, you already lost Ben Affleck as a director and that just crushed my excitement for the Batman because I was really interested to see Ben Affleck's version of the Batman, not only starring, but writing and directing. Now he's not directing or writing and now he doesn't want to star apparently. So, but then you're like, okay, well Matt Reeves is going to direct you. And last week on the podcast, you're like, and I was like, I made the analogy of a bad relationship. You said Matt Reeves is the guy that's always been there for me. And for and, WB, yeah, too. and I think that is still the case. I think I think Matt Reeves is still the guy trying to repair this relationship between me and WB in the DC universe. Except WB doesn't want anything. WB doesn't want his help because he obviously has a vision that, for some reason, con- conflicts with what they want. But they're the ones driving the decisions behind BVS, behind Suicide Squad, and those have not turned out well at all. So the fact that he's like the fact that they like said 
you know, basically they're heated with one another. They're angry. That tells me that WB is firmly just putting their foot down with pretty much anybody saying, this is the vision. You're going to do it. No questions asked. Mm -hmm. Even with somebody like Matt Reeves, who for WB did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes in 2014, I believe. Yeah. Which was incredible. And now he has War for the Planet of the Apes coming out in July. That looks even better. Like, they know how good Matt Reeves is. So why would you, like, be like, nah, you're going to do our vision because we don't trust you. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense in the slightest. And it makes me just... Any, it just makes me real. Like I just say it all the time. Whenever we talk about DC, it feels like it just makes me sad about the DC universe. And I, I don't. I feel like no matter who gets involved, it's just gonna be WB pushing them around. And I, I said it when we were talking about like we were like, well, does Matt Reeves be involved? Like make you feel better? And I was like, on the on you know on paper, yes. But is he gonna be the one to steer things correctly, or is he gonna get caught up in the WB system and? It looks like he was going to get caught up in the WB system, but he was like, I'm, I don't want to do that. So then he, he, he left. He had the foresight to at least demand what he wanted. And, and from, if I had to guess, WB and DC have a script full of characters, full of heroes, full of villains, uh, to make the quintessential Batman movie. And I would not be surprised if Ben Affleck realized early on this is too big. We need to cut it back. And then Matt Reeves, a master of keeping plots simple and fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, think of those apes movies because they're they're perfect. They're yeah. not complicated at all. Not at all. No, it's literally man versus animal. Yeah, and it, it, no plot is too grand. Uh, and he's slowly built it up perfectly. And I bet you Matt Reeves wanted to leave a lot of that on the cutting room floor. Or, I mean, not even the cutting room floor. Uh, Tear entire pages out of the script uh and he couldn't get his way and i mean the guy's done great things so why would he want to put his name on something he knows he can't make good Mm -hmm. so i really think that that is that is the um this is the epitome of the problem there yeah this basically sums up everything i think that's wrong with wb and their approach to the dc universe where like with the hollywood report saying they're still intent on making it no matter what that to me was like we were talking about Reeves and you're like well you know he's gonna come in and it'll be turned around in a week and then they'll start production and I was like well I hope you don't mean a literal week but I feel like that's what they want they want a director who's gonna come in look at the script that Terrio rewrote say well I don't I don't like that but then they're gonna say well we'll pay you x amount of money to make this movie but you have to make this movie and then they're going to try to do some creative different creative styles on you know, on set, and then the WB will bring in a new editing team. They'll reshoot half the movie or something. It just tells me that WB just knows, and it, it makes me mad because whenever the Batman comes out, I'm going to see it. I'm yeah. going to see it in theaters. I'll be there opening night because I, I'm just curious, and so are a lot of other people. So the movie's going to crush. It's going to make a ton of money, and it's going to teach WB nothing. Wonder Woman's going to be the same way. I hope it's amazing. I really do. But if even if it's absolutely terrible, it's still going to make $750 million worldwide. Oh, no question. Justice League's going to make at least $900 million worldwide. Whether it's the you know the best DCEU movie or it's the worst movie of all time, it's going to make a ton of money because we've never seen that on screen before. 
And this just tells me that they are just looking at the dollar signs and saying, we don't care what you want to tell. We know if we make this movie with Batman that has Wonder Woman cameo, that has Cyborg cameo, that has Flash cameo, that features Joker, that features Scarecrow, Mr. Freeze, Harley Quinn, Deathstroke, every other Batman villain, it's going to make a billion dollars. We know it. You know it. We know it. So let's do it. They don't care about the quality. And it just, it sucks because I don't want these movies to be bad, but all I feel now is that these movies are going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, and it's it really sucks too because it's a property to me that, you know, kind of drew me into movies uh, entirely. I mean, right. Christopher Nolan's Batman from or the Dark, Batman Begins in mm-hmm. 2004, you know, that was my movie. Right. And I watched that like over and over and over again until finally The Dark Knight came out in 08. And I was like, okay, no, this is my movie. Yeah, this movie. is my movie. And then 2012 came around and I was never more excited for a film than oh, yeah. seeing The Dark Knight Rises in the summer. And then having had The Avengers come up just that that spring i believe yeah too. is that may yeah which was well, that was, it was such a fun year yeah and to see something that i could totally have gotten into again um be used uh, or at least be looks so cynical right now mm-hmm. uh especially you know into on uh, for a character who's you know supposed to be that but also provide like you know hope and things like that uh it's it really sucks um yeah so uh I almost don't even want to say I hope they get things turned around because I would I would rather just see this thing go into purgatory for yeah. another 10 years. The thing is, they could, you know, Justice League could be the last, they could scrap production Aquaman or something and Justice League could be the last movie of the DCU, depending on how bad it is or something. And by 2020, there's going to be a new DC universe anyways because they'll, they'll redo it somehow. They'll start with a new Batman, with a new Superman or whatever, and they'll just, they'll redo it because they know people, it's going to make money. And it looks like to me that's all WB really cares about, regardless of how many talented people you push aside, whether it's Rick Famuyiwa, uh, Michelle McLaren, Ben Affleck, now Matt Reeves. Like you're just, you even had Chris Lord and Phil Miller at one point. Like you're just, yeah. you're just losing so many talented people, which that, it just blows my mind. Like there's reports that like Ridley Scott's waiting in the wings to direct the Batman, or that Fede Alvarez or is George in contention. Miller wanted to do Green Lantern for right. some time. And like, but like, yeah, I don't like, I don't think after this, like if they can't agree with Matt Reeves to make a Batman movie, you're definitely not going to get Ridley Scott to sign on because Ridley Scott's a very, this is my vision. I'm going to do it type director. He needs to own it. That's why he, that's why alien five is basically not existent anymore because he's like, we're going to do alien covenant and my other alien, you know, prequel movie. And you can wait Neil Blomkamp because this is my vision and that's what I'm going to do. And it sucks. So on a potentially positive note, if let's play a little role game, I guess, where we are the WB executives, we are in charge of the DCEU, you know, based on the information, if we had to kind of take what we know about the DCEU right now and shape a tentative timeline about what movies we think, you know, well, I guess it's, this isn't ours. Basically, what do you? Where do you think the DCU is going to go if they don't, you know, scrap the whole thing? Where do you think it's going to go to like twenty twenty? What movies are going to come out? What year? Like, what do you think? Well, okay. Well, we obviously have we obviously have Wonder Woman and Justice League in the pipeline. Yes. Those are coming out this year. Those are set in stone. 
everything else after that is completely fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, Aquaman, even though it's probably probably halfway through production now. I mean, it, no, it hasn't started filming it hasn't yet. Hasn't started filming yet. It starts filming in May, I believe. Okay, even though that they're just about ready to begin pr- principal photography, that could get scrapped. Yeah, I I think it'll go forward, but I think we'll see Suicide Squad two pop up um, late. 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, followed by either a Siren spinoff movie in 2019, okay. that summer, um, and then possibly Batman in the fall. And that could be it. Because I don't see, even though Shazam's got a director talking, mm-hmm. it's not a well-known quantity. Yeah. Even though Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to be a part of that. Well, I, he wants his own movie now. He doesn't want to be the main villain. Right. He wants a Black Adam movie. Yeah. I don't see that getting anywhere off the ground because I don't see the momentum behind mm-hmm. any of this. Um, but if I was a WB executive, what I would do is, if I wanted to turn this all around, I would kickstart a Teen Titan movie yep. as fast as possible. Because in there lies youth, heart, and fun. The three things that I think make a great superhero movie. And we're going to see that a lot, you know, especially this summer. So mm-hmm. I really hope, um, I really hope I'm wrong with that. Not I mean, that it's going to end in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I hope that if I would be right about anything, it would be like maybe, you know, the teen Titans movie or the flash mm-hmm. finding its way onto the silver screen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if I reading the tea leaves or everything we know about the DC slate, um, I think what we're looking at Gotham City Sirens looks to be like it, when David Ayer was hired, the reports were like it's being fast tracked for production. There's rumors of Haley Bennett being cast as cat or being like at basically having the roles Catwoman. Like there was early rumors of Megan Fox being Poison Ivy. Like obviously you have Margot Robbie back as Harley Quinn. Like. I think that movie with David Ayer attached could start filming this year, come out in 2018. Aquaman obviously is filming this year, another 2018 release date. It has an October one right now. I could see them potentially bumping that up to midsummer, depending on how quickly production moves on Gotham City Sirens. So I think 2018, you got Gotham City Sirens and Aquaman. I don't know which one comes out where. Uh, 2019, I think Shazam, now that it has a director, could actually hit its, 20, its original April 2019 release date. Then I think whether it's whoever is the director, whether it's Ben Affleck and the star or not, a Batman movie is coming out in the summer 2019, I feel like, followed then by Suicide Squad 2 uh, in like November or October or something. Um, and then 2020, I think, is the year that I think would be most, I think that's the year that of this slate that I'd be most interested to see because I feel like you kick it off with a Titans movie because they don't know what they're doing in Flash. They have, there's been no updates on Cyborg ever. Um so I feel like you just combine those movies together, bring in, you know, Nightwing or, you know, the next Robin, if mm-hmm. Ben Affleck's gone or whatever, uh, you bring in, you know, Aqualad, you bring in whoever you want, make a Titans movie. Then uh, in the summer, you do Green Lantern Corps with, you know, Hal Jordan, John Stewart, you know, bring in Guy Gardner or something and just have this huge epic galactic adventure with lots of fun and you get to meet the Green Lantern. But then at the end of the movie, they discover they learned to start there's hints about dark side throughout the whole thing. And then you find out that dark side's coming to earth at three end. green lanterns come to earth. Just League two starts at that November. 
they're part of the Justice League. We have Superman back. Obviously, he's like he's recouped from being brought back to life or whatever happens in Justice yeah. League. Like, you have Wonder Woman. You can have the new Batman introduced there. Maybe Deadshot becomes a hero. Deathstroke becomes a hero. Who knows? Um, Aquaman, Mira, whoever like else wants to join the Justice League or whatever. Yeah. Like, you have this huge epic movie against Darkseid. And then, depending on how all that goes, you either cut it then and just end it. Or you, if everything is has turned around by that point, then you turn everything around and you go and you actually continue on because people are back on board. Yeah. I think I really want to see the Green Lantern happen yeah. just because how it's been sold as a, at least initially as a buddy comedy yep. uh, or buddy action comedy. And like in the vein of other guys, only a little bit more serious in outer space. Uh, teen, ti- teen Titans right now is my one last best hope if all current trends continue. Yeah. I mean, the DC property I'm most looking forward to is Young Justice Season 3 whenever it hits Netflix. So at least I have that to look forward to. Um, so if you weren't, if you didn't think we were negative enough with the DC Universe... Well, I mean, how about we just have a laugh? Think that would be better? Uh, let's go to our review of The Great Wall because, my goodness, this movie's terrible. It was awful. Um, it is... Like, like obviously, like you never want a movie bad. I thought it'd still be fun. It'd be a movie where you eat a lot of popcorn and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, those action scenes were cool. I ate a lot of popcorn, but it was mainly because I was bored. Right. I'm just like, who are you? Who are you? What are you guys doing? Like, I've already forgot about the whole movie. You literally told me a plot detail before we started recording. I was like, I forgot that was in the movie. Yeah, because and it was like the driving factor behind this, like the second and third acts. It's the yeah, it's the it's it's the MacGuffin, I guess. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. So if I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna give this movie one positive, maybe two positives, I guess. The visuals, I think, were great. You know there were moments where you have like 300 people on screen and there's just like factions of an army. They're like in bright yellow, bright red, bright blue. Like it's just like visually like, Oh, that's, that's cool. And then like, it starts the very first fight scene against the, what I don't even know what they're called. The monster guys. The Tato, the Tati. Sure. Teoti. Yeah. I think that's right. Teoti. Um, you start that off and the people are diving off the wall and you're like, that's pretty cool. And like, then, you know, Matt Damon starts sliding underneath the toe tee. They're killing him, shooting him in the eye. I'm like, this is actually kind of fun. And then right after that, everything else just sucked. Uh, I mean, the story just boring. It's about some guy who just comes in, like, trying to find the black dust or something. Gunpowder. Yeah. yeah and uh, they're like, oh, I guess let's do, let's do this. And, oh, never mind. I met this girl who's, like, at least 20 years younger than me. And... I'm going to be her. I'm going to save her and her whole Chinese race. And I'm just like, I like when the initial trailer came out, I was like, Oh, they're really going this whole white savior route. Like that people are like, hate, and you should, because it's just like, that's not needed. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason for Matt Damon really to be in this movie. But they're like, Oh, but it's a fantasy movie. So it doesn't really make, it doesn't really matter that, right. you know, somebody else like is in there. Cause it like, they're fighting monsters. But that's okay. But then, literally, one of his first lines, like his first dialogue with like the lead girl in the army, is like, she says like, or some some guy he saves the guy. And he's like, "Thanks for saving me. You're my you're my hero." And I'm like, "Oh gosh, <laughs> no, it's actually happening." <laughs> and then, like, they're like, "We're not." Then like he tells the girl, "We're not so different." And I'm like, 
you are completely yeah. different. You're from like a completely different country. You don't speak the same language. Like and then there's, and there's all this buildup of how he's like a scoundrel and, yeah. and she's like fighting. For and then honor. he like, he just like sees her and he's like, I want to be a good guy now. And you're yeah. like, I don't even know. Like, it's just so, it's just terrible. I don't care about any of the characters throughout the whole movie. They're like jumping off of buildings and like flying in hot air balloons that are on fire and stuff. And you're just like, whatever you guys can die. I don't really care. Um, and like the, there's moments where they tried, like I, I didn't smile once at this whole movie, like guaranteed. But then there's moments where they try to inject humor oh, yeah. and it's so, it falls so flat where I'm just like, it like physically hurt me almost. Cause like, Oh no. Like you thought that was going to be like a funny, like lighthearted moment. And it was just like dead silent. Like, I was just like kind of looking. I was there with Colton, and I was like, "Oh, jeez!" Like yeah. I, I saw it in 3D IMAX. So I mean, visually, like there's moments where it's like kind of cool. So I won't give this movie just you know an absolutely you know Horrible. zero really, <laughs> but I won't because oh. I mean it's I mean there's there's moments where I was like, okay, that was cool, mm-hmm. and the first like 20 minutes I was kind of into it. So just for that and the visuals i guess which were good at first but then after that it's just like oh this is boring and then yeah. they they do the whole queen kill the queen kill everything else mm-hmm. thing at the end and i was like oh, of course if this, this movie just couldn't be more predictable you're gonna do this and like you just know everything that's coming so um i have one and a half ticket stubs written down but I'm going to go even lower because I just talking about it. I'm just like, this movie's so oh. stupid. So one ticket stub out of five. Oh, I think wow. it's the lowest review I've given on the podcast. Okay, Yeah. That is, I think that is the lowest. Um, I mean, I, uh, for all the reasons you said, like you mentioned the, they tried to inject comedy with Pedro Pascal. Try, um, who, who's, super good in game of Thrones, uh, Matt Damon's sidekick. Yeah. 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 Super good in game of Thrones. Like, they make him play the complete opposite of a character here and it doesn't work one bit. And like, like they, like what were the joke? Like I, I heard that like a couple of times, yeah. like, you know, when they like, would mutter something. I heard that. Oh, and like, Oh, I'm going to go back in the door. Cause you guys are going to like have this like moment together. And like, yeah. Oh gosh. And <laughs> he's like, so... please tell me you took the black powder instead. And you're like, geez, dude. Like, yes, exactly. Uh, like Willem Dafoe. What was Willem Dafoe doing this movie? I, he, he was there. So the people could speak English and that was yeah, it. But then like the main characters all spoke English that were also Chinese. Exactly. And they had to have Dafoe there in prison. So he could say, I've been teaching them English and yeah. they still haven't let me go. And I know where all the black powder is so we <laughs> yes. can get rich. Uh, but um, okay. Anyway, uh, like Sorry. legit thoughts though. Um, like you, you mentioned it, uh, Zhang Yi, Yimo, mm-hmm. um, the director absolutely blew it away with the, the action and the color palette. Yeah. I mean, everything is so gray and dark, but then you see these yellows, these oranges and these blue and red hues and the screen comes alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and for better or worse, uh, your your eyes are, you know, drawn to the screen for those moments. Um, and the action, like you said, watching the, the crane faction of the of the nameless order who have names for their smaller units and names themselves, <laughs> which yeah. is so stupid. Uh, I guess not stupid, but anyway. You know, watching them attack the, uh, I don't even forget, I even forgot the name, the Taoi. Uh, Whatever. The that monsters. was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. And the, these creatures 
actually turned out to be a disappointment though. Uh, because I mean, when Matt Damon finds the claw early on in the movie, William, that's his character's name. Yeah. I have no idea. Well, Matt Damon finds this claw. You're like, Oh man, there's something out there. Well, he cuts it off. Right. Cause he, they're like attacked and he like, he's, he cut, I thought he cuts it. Cause then that, cause then like the blade has the blood on it and that's right. Yeah. Well, anyway, and you're just like, there's this build up to these monsters, but then they start flooding the walls like world war Z zombies. Yeah, like and you're rats. like, Oh, these they're just killing these things too easily now. And they lose their effectiveness. Yeah. And I was just like, the suspense has died and nothing else in this movie's plot saves it. Not even the, maybe the final battle was awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I thought I was, that was, I was already checked out by that point. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good spectacle. Um, I think industrial light and magic was a part of this and they always deliver. Um, so hats off to them, but I was, I was taken aback by how they tried to work this into, um, Chinese mythology. Yeah. Uh, the very beginning, it starts off pretty cool. It's like there are many legends mm-hmm. as to why the wall was built. This is one such yeah. tale. It's like, okay, cool, good. Historically, you know, mm-hmm. reminiscent. And then it just takes a nosedive from there. And then we find we finally get our way to the end of the second act, beginning of the third. And Matt Damon reveals that the magnet is what, you know, can keep these beasts at bay. It severs the communication yeah. uh, fr- from these, the Taoese hive mind or the the swarm yeah. cuts off communication with the queen and matt damon's the guy the only guy that has that and there's like nobody else he's just like he like randomly found it right yeah and what i don't understand is the compass the thing that uses the magnet came from china it's literally their invention <laughs> And Matt Damon is the guy that, you know, comes up with it. This guy who's just, who wanders out of the desert and like, hey, I'll, I'll help you out there. You know, yeah. if I can uh, make the general like me more or whatever. Uh, I just, I, that was the point where I was just like, okay, I'm so done with this. Yeah. Because it's like, they're not even going for historical accuracy. You know, no. it was just like the, the, la- the final saving grace of this. Um, was stupid. So I will admit, I do like the idea of a meteorite crashing and, you know, yeah. spawning these. I thought that was cool. I thought that was great. But everything else around it um, just crashed and burned so badly. Uh, and I'm I'm right there with you. I have it at um, two ticket stubs okay. because I, I did enjoy what they tried to do. This was a collaboration between um, two different movie studios. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a China Chinese production as much as it was a U.S. production. So that's why we had um, Matt Damon, you know, even in this movie yeah. at all. Uh, but the, 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 the meshing of the two did not work out at all, especially in the um, Chinese actors' performances. They were completely like wooden. Yeah, like, yeah, they were really, they were really stiff. Which and I was like, I was interested to see the main girl because yeah, I think um, she's in, uh, she's going to be in Pacific Rim Uprising. And I think mm-hmm. one other like big production. I was like, okay, because like this could be like a launching pad for her. And I was like, yeah, yikes. And I will give it a pass though because you're learning, you know, yeah. English and trying to you know express that. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm sure was probably very hard uh, yeah. to do because I mean I can't even get Spanish down. Right. So uh, uh, it was a good try, but this anything outside of the action and the CG do not deserve you to even you know point your thumb in an upward direction. Oh yeah. So the wall, stay away. <laughs> well, I'm I'm looking wait I'm looking forward to. The wall. The, this is the great wall. Yeah, because the Pardon wall me. that Doug Doug Lyman is doing the wall, right? Or yes, yeah, that's the Aaron Taylor Johnson John Cena mm-hmm. one, right? That looks good. This one, I still thought was like looked interesting, but the more I was like, oh, you're putting it around like mid February, not a good look. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think there were like three other people in my theater who I saw it opening night. Yeah. So uh, it was, it's going to be a big flop. It was, it's an, it was an experiment, no doubt. I hope, you know, these collabs can work out in the future, but this just was not, um, not a hit. No. Um, do you have, I mean, do you have any other thoughts on it? I mean, I could just talk about how terrible it is, but no, I I think we've covered to. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, kick something while it's down too much. Yeah, I mean, like sometimes it's like it's it's fun to do that in a sense, but like, this one was just like it was just pointless, and like I just didn't care about it all. Like, I don't want to put all my energy and talk about you know the spoilers, plot details of this movie about sure. how a magnet factors in or mm-hmm. how the anything else happens. So uh, yeah, one ticket stub, two ticket stubs here, um, and. Next week, we don't know what we're doing yet, necessarily. Uh, we may review Get Out, uh, Jordan Peele's directorial debut, if I'm not mistaken. It's like a horror movie that some people think is also a horror comedy, so I'm not really sure what to make of it. The trailers are very interesting, but... The trailers are very intense. This comedy thing is... Yeah, it's throwing me for a loop. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we don't know if we'll catch that or not. If we don't, then we will do probably... a short preview on logan because it comes out the week after now that we have some buzz on it and stuff we can maybe talk about a little more um about what we think it could be so i i predict it'll be very sad uh yeah (laughs) but if we do the preview you'll have to tune in to find out our full thoughts on what we think about what we expect hugh jackman's final hurrah of logan to be but in the meantime that's it for this episode. So during our time wave, be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything we covered by tweeting us at Friends and Film, where you will receive updates on the podcast, movie news, and more. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Coops underscore Hoops. And you can follow me, Josh, at Just Joshua Ryan. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Even though if you didn't like the movies or you know you don't like the DC Universe or whatever, who cares? If you liked our discussion on it, share it and tell people about it. And especially head over to iTunes, give us a five-star review, hopefully, but be honest. Uh, give uh, written reviews as well. Don't just give us the five stars. Tell us what we're doing good, what we can uh, do better to keep you listening, um, and maybe some segments you want to see us add, some movies you want to hear us talk about. Send those to us on Twitter or Facebook or whatever as well. Um, just you know, interact with us. We'd love to interact with you back. But uh, that's it for us. Josh? Thanks for stopping by, everyone. And do let me know if my arrival theory is correct. Yes. Uh, so thanks again for tuning in to the Friends of Film podcast. We'll be back next week with hopefully no bad DC news. <laughs>